Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Aaron McMahon. Football season is quickly approaching, and we have plenty to discuss. Jim Harbaugh's likely suspension, Big Ten media days, preseason polls, and Michigan State and Ohio State rivalry talk. All ahead on today's episode. Aaron, good to be with you. It's uh, It's been a while. It has been. and I, I think I messaged you guys. You're like, damn, we haven't done a podcast since like July 6th. Now, like, we all got vacation and it is summer and everything else, but like, Things have ramped up in the last week. We got uh, we a lot to talk about. Yeah, I know. You're out here grinding in Indy at Big Ten Media Days, and Andrew's starting vacation today. I'm technically still on vacation, head, about to head back tonight, but I've been in Florida for over the past week or so, and it's been almost 100 degrees and humid every day, and it's like it doesn't get below 80 degrees. Like People in in the southern states, like say, oh my gosh, I can't believe you guys deal with snow and winters in in the north. I'm like, I don't know how you guys deal with summers, <laughs> like all the time. Like it's just it's just brutally heat, especially when you're like trying to golf and something. Like the golf courses are empty here because no one wants to deal with that. It's like me and my dad golfed a couple days, and I mean, it, the courses are empty in the middle of summertime, and you go in Michigan, and it's just the tee sheets are booked. So I mean, it. You're instantly sweating and you got sweat dripping in your eyes and all that stuff. But I mean, it is kind of nice to be able to get on anytime you want, though. That's that's why people, I think, in Florida, like come up here in the in the summer, and then people in Michigan go down there in the winter. It's you know, it's one of those things where you, like it's the opposite. So. No, for sure, for sure. But yeah, like I said in the intro, plenty of football talk to get into, and I know we have a lot of topics to cover from Big Ten Media Days. But let's start with Harbaugh first. What's the latest on his likely suspension, and, and what can you tell us about it? Yeah, well, the absolute latest is we're in, the, we're in a waiting pattern right now. Um, earlier this week, as I'm sure many folks listening to this know by now, um, word came out that uh, Michigan had submitted a negotiated kind of settlement um, regarding the NCAA investigation into the program. Um, that was reported several months ago. The NCAA was kind of probing around and investigating and and Michigan was in trouble, um, facing several level two violations for kind of um, impermissible contact with recruiting and, you know, coming into contact with players during uh, during the COVID season when they weren't supposed to, um, using coaches that they weren't supposed to be using during practice, everything and you know, everything else. Um, but as we know, Jim Harbaugh was under even more scrutiny for allegedly lying and or misleading NCAA investigators. And that's kind of what the crux of this is all about. 
um, and why he's potentially facing a four-game suspension. Um, now, that seems to be a negotiated thing, suggesting to me that maybe he was, um, if it was up to the NCAA, he may be facing a longer one. Uh, so if I think if Michigan gets what they want, it's going to be just a four-game suspension. We haven't gotten clarity yet. Nothing has been decided. The NCAA's Committee on Infractions needs to rule on this. A ruling is expected within 30 days, which I think is why Michigan decided to submit this settlement suggestion um, when it did. You know, because in theory, they should get a response back before the season begins. And then Jim, you know, his his penalty would begin. He could begin the four-game suspension week one and get it done after week four. Gotcha. And based on my understanding here, it's basically just like a four-day suspension, right? Because, I mean, he could still coach practices if this if this four-game suspension holds up. So it's really just four games that he'd be missing on four Saturdays. He'd be missing and still help the team prepare and, and get ready for the opponents too. Correct. That has been reported. I, I don't know if that's in fact true, right. but that's, I think the working assumption here right. um, and, and that will be the differentiator of whether or not this is really a big deal. And I say that because I asked the other day at big Ten media days in Indianapolis, Greg Schiano, the head coach at Rutgers about it um, because he is, experience with it he was on staff at ohio state in 2018 when urban meyer was suspended for three games now the difference there is urban meyer was suspended for three full weeks like he couldn't be involved with practice uh he, he wasn't there on game day and everything else so they tapped uh, ryan day as the interim head coach Shiano at the time was a defensive coordinator but he said at the time they had to rally as a coaching staff urban wasn't around period and he said if it's different with jim harbaugh where he's allowed to be involved in practices and game planning and everything else. And the suspension just covers game day. He says he doesn't anticipate it mattering much. It's still going to be Jim Harbaugh's team. The, his fingerprints will still be on it. And at the end of the day, the result probably won't differ much. All right. And I mean, how many times has Harbaugh said, well, I have everyone on my staff can be as a future head coach. Well, I mean, that would give them a, maybe a, some opportunity to do so. But like you said, I mean, look at their schedule, the first four games, like, I, I get mission fans are mad and, and the NCAA is 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 considered a joke by a lot of people. And it, it is there. There's no little consistency in their punishments and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I mean, you got three cupcake non-conference games and then Rutgers to, to begin the year. I mean, in the long run, is it going to affect Michigan's college football title hopes or Big Ten title hopes? Probably not. Um, I mean, so. I, again, it's it's frustrating for Michigan fans for sure. And when they look at other programs breaking rules, more significant rules, and I mean, but like you said, it's really not the act of the violation. It's it's the misleading investigators and and allegedly lying about it too. So I, I, I it sounds like Harbaugh is still um, doubling down on that he doesn't believe he did mislead investigators. So I think there's um, kind of a a, ma a match there to uh, to see who's who's correct, but yeah, I mean, if, if they can settle on a four game suspension, I think that would be, yeah, it sounds like a lot, but really, it's I don't think it's that big of a deal. No, it's, it goes back to the old adage, right? The cover up is maybe worse than the crime, and in this case, I mean, the cover up was Jim just lying and or misleading investigators. So, um, yeah, it, it's a tricky situation. It's going to cloud the season no matter what, whether Michigan goes on to win a national championship or comes up short. People, I think, are, are going to look back at the beginning of this year and say, hey, your head coach got in trouble. He was out the first four games, and maybe it, it maybe, maybe in some ways it would stain Jim Harbaugh's legacy. Now, that's, I think, down the road to be determined. But nonetheless, for a program and a coach who has largely claimed that 
know, they don't break the rules. They, they, Jim Harbaugh at one point said that, you know, it was tough to beat the cheaters. And now he's looked at, at least from a national perspective. And, and I think that's where a lot of this maybe criticism or the negativity is coming from. The Michigan fan base is they're just upset. They're pissed off the NCAA thinking that, you know, they shouldn't be, you know, that they shouldn't be in trouble and, and everything else. And, and I, I think also you have a segment of the Michigan fan base thinking, well, this isn't going to matter much, like you said, because it's the first four games, not a conference Rutgers, et cetera. But if you're a national, maybe college football fan who isn't dialed into Michigan or paying much attention, I think it's more negative from that perspective. Right. Yeah. Like, and even going back to the spring when Harbaugh made the comment about comparing comparing us to perfect, we'll fall short every time. I'm like, well, I mean, come on now. Like, that's a little extreme. But, yeah, no, good points there. And uh, regardless, I mean, Michigan went to Big Ten Media Days as the favorite to win the conference and by a large margin, too, which uh, hasn't always been the case with uh, Ohio State in, in the same division and 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 with Jim Harbaugh at the helm. So, I mean, how, how surprised were you to see that? Not surprised at all. Um, I, I will say this is the first time Michigan's been picked when the Big Ten's in 2019, so it is notable because even these last couple of years when they, they won the conference, they weren't picked to, to win it. It was Ohio State. So I think it's more of a sign that Michigan has turned the tide here, not only in the rivalry with Ohio State, but they're essentially, and, and other publications and other analysts have, have proclaimed this, they're the new kings of the Big Ten East, and, and by extension, the Big Ten. Um, the, the, the league is going to run through Ann Arbor. Uh, Michigan, the pathway is clear there for a, a three-peat as a Big Ten champion. Now, whether they can do that is a different story. A lot of folks think that. I, I do think they will be as well. I picked them to, to win the Big Ten again, or I picked them to win the Big Ten this year. Um, and there's a reason. I mean, they they beat Ohio State the last couple of years. They return a lot of other key players, um, so it wasn't a huge surprise. Um, you know, they got 27 of the 37 first place votes in the East, so more than two thirds of, of the media voters, including myself and and our M Live colleague who covers Michigan State, Matt Wenzel, both had had Michigan winning it. Um, but it's important to point out too that, uh, and this probably isn't a good thing. The uh, the last I think 12 years the uh, Big Ten preseason media poll has correctly picked the Big Ten champion just three times. So maybe that's not a good sign for Michigan. It wasn't in 2019 when they were picked to win the league that year and I think finished third. Uh, so we'll see. Either way, it's a sign. Expectations are high. Michigan knows that. They haven't shied away from that. And, uh, you know, they're uh, they're the, right now preseason favorite. That's, that's kind of surprising just with how dominant Ohio State's been. I mean, I feel like they would be the, I know 2019 Michigan was, but I feel like Ohio State every other year would be the favorite, and they won it a decent amount of times. But, wow, that's kind of surprising. It is, and I think it goes back, too, to like, I think so many of us have been expecting teams in the West. I mean, if you go back years ago, I think there were, there were years where they the league picked, you know, Wisconsin to win it all, and maybe Iowa was there one year. And just, I think it goes to show that, um, Ohio, Ohio State has dominated. I, I think that some of that was expected. Some of it wasn't. And then even the last couple of years, like I said, Michigan's won it, but they weren't picked to win it. Uh, so it's, it's caught some folks by surprise. And we'll see if it's if they catch if, if, if you know Ohio State or someone else catches the league by surprise this year. But right now, um, all signs point to uh, Michigan being the outright you know dominant favorite. And you can look to the odds makers too. I mean, the odds makers are largely favoring Michigan to win this thing. But it is split with Ohio State. There is a, a, a nice contingent of folks, money-wise and even odds makers, who think Ohio State's right, going to be right there too. And you got Penn State too. Like I, I, you know, maybe we'll go into this later in the summer once we maybe preview the Big Ten at large. But 
I, I, I do think Penn State can be a dark horse this year. I, in fact, I, I almost picked them to finish second in the East ahead of Ohio State. I didn't do it. Oh. At but I, I do think there are some concerns with Ohio State. We'll get into that later in the podcast. But um, right now, I mean, there's there's no question Michigan is the uh, the clear favorite here. Gotcha. Yeah, that's – I mean, wow. I mean, Ohio State could have like – like we mentioned this on previous pods, five, six first-round picks next year. And yet there's people almost even debating – pitching them to finish third. I mean, that just shows how how loaded the, the East is. I, I wanted to ask you, did you uh, pick uh, the Cade McNamara and Eric All Hawkeyes to finish first in the West? I did not. I had Wisconsin edging them out. Um, I, if you go and if you look at Luke Fickle's past, he's won everywhere he's been. They're, the plan, at least uh, from what I've read and heard, is that Wisconsin go more up tempo offensively this year. Um, I, I think that's certainly going to favor them, especially in a West dominated division that kind of emphasizes running the football in the big smash mouth style of play. So I gave the edge to Wisconsin. Uh, I had I picked Iowa second, so it wouldn't surprise me if Iowa won it. Um, I, I think there's just too many unknowns right now with Cade McNamara and, and some of the, the offensive. I, I, quite, I tend to I hesitate to use weapons there at Iowa because just uh, based on how bad the offense was last year. But I don't think they can be any worse, so it should certainly help. Right now, I'm giving it to Wisconsin. All right, let's shift over to uh, Big Ten Media Days. I mean, you and our, our MSU colleague, Matt Wenzel, were machines there this week producing content, which you can find at MLive.com slash Wolverines. Again, MLive.com slash Wolverines. And, I mean, you guys sat through a bunch of different interviews, including Harbaugh. What kind of – what did you glean about what was said? What were your biggest takeaways from uh, Big Ten Media Days? Well, Jim was asked quite a bit about the uh, the looming suspension. Uh, and he said it about every possible, and his response was every possible combination of, I can't talk about it. Um, he did he did say one line, I think, early during the podium session that was broadcast on Big Ten Network that, you know, there's nothing to be ashamed of. So I, I, I get the feeling that he wants to talk about it. In fact, he made a couple of uh, comments at one point during the, the hour-long session with the reporters after the BTN session that uh, he, he basically said, I'm with you. In other words, I think he wants to talk about it. He wants to address it. Uh, I'm sure there's, he has a lot to say about the NCAA, but he's been advised by his counsel, which includes uh, high-profile attorney Tom Mars, not to say anything at this point because I think any comment conceived negatively, attacking the NCAA or discussing the investigation at large is probably going to hinder the result here of, of the penalty. Uh, so I, I think they're going to wait until that's over with to, to, to talk. But nonetheless, it was a huge topic of conversation. Michigan players were asked about it. Jim was obviously asked about it. Um, they, they made it sound like it's not going to be a huge deal. Um, and, and one factor that, you know, potential penalty we didn't discuss earlier is that there are a couple of, of assistants on staff currently that could face one-game suspensions, that being Sharon Moore, offensive coordinator, and uh, Grant Newsom, the tight ends coach. So that could, could prohib- prohibitively impact week one um, if all three of those guys are out. Um, nonetheless, I mean, it, it, it is a talking point. It's something that's going to be discussed for a while now. Players say, that, you know, they're going to rally around it. That's the plan. I, I think they're just too experienced and too loaded and too talented for it to make much of a difference. But it was a huge talking point. And then, you know, they, they got asked about, you know, everything from NIL. The transfer portal was a hot topic. Um, the Michigan State rivalry was brought up quite a bit. Um, Ryan Day made some interesting comments, I thought, on Wednesday about the Michigan-Ohio State rivalry game in, in, in terms of, when it's played, 
you know, we've become so accustomed and historic, historically like used to it being on the final game of or the final week of the regular season. And we've discussed this, I think, in a previous podcast, you know, with the Big Ten kind of going away from the division list, division list, um, you know, standings type thing next year. Um, Ryan Day suggested, and again, there's been no definitive, you know, ruling on this, that maybe they move it up not and not play it the final game of the regular season. Maybe play it week 10 or week 11 or week 9. A reporter asked him about playing it week 1, and he kind of laughed. I don't think that's in the you know, realm of possibility. But his, his argument was, you know, if we play it week 12, and we're both the be- two best teams in the Big Ten, and we play the next week in the Big Ten championship game, it's going dimish- to diminish in some regard the, the regular season game. And it's a good point. It's something I brought up, I remember, a few months ago. Um, he, he said talks should be happening. Um, in fact, Ward Manuel, Michigan's athletic director, has said that him and Gene Smith, the OSU athletic director, have discussed it. Um, nothing's been definitive. Nothing's been re- finalized. Um, but it was a huge topic of conversation on Wednesday in Indianapolis. Ryan Day, man, I'm all all on board for that. Not just because it's the last game, but just because it's over Thanksgiving holiday. Like, I don't want the the because we never get assistant coaches that week typically because it's the day before Thanksgiving. So, like, let's move it to not a holiday week where we can really dive in and and do a full week of coverage like every other week we do during the year. So that's, I mean, yeah, who really cares about what? If it's week 12, week 11, whatever, just did off that Thanksgiving holiday week in my eyes. So, Ryan Day, I'm with you there. And, and like you said, yeah, it would be kind of weird to see um, back-to-back weeks playing the same opponent when the first game might not mean much. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm I, kind of with him there and, and wouldn't, uh, wouldn't hesitate to – to see that too. I mean, and, and did you hear much from any Ohio State players at all? What they they said about the rivalry heading into 2023, having lost two straight to Michigan. Yeah, I mean, they were they were asked about the Michigan rivalry, the Michigan game, losing to Michigan the last couple of years. It was pretty typical, I would say. Um, they're disappointed, you know, that they feel like there's a lot to clean up after last year. Um, you know, Ryan Day kind of chalked up the loss to you know four or five big plays. Um, that they kind of gave up in the second half, and really that's kind of what it, it came down to. And, and when you think about it, it, it's really kind of a reverse of what what the issues were with Michigan just a few years ago when Don Brown was defensive coordinator, right? Like Michigan couldn't beat Ohio State, and oftentimes it was because of you know three or four or five explosive plays that they couldn't stop. So it, it's been kind of it's been kind of funny to watch it just kind of reverse. You know, Jim Knowles, Michigan or Ohio State's new defensive coordinators had to take a lot of questions about it. Ryan Day as well. Um, and it's, it's an issue they they know they've got to clean up. So yeah, they, the Ohio state players were asked about it. Kate Stover, uh, tight end was very angry talking about it. You could tell he didn't like answering questions about the rivalry because he, he takes it so personally. Uh, he's an Ohio kid. I think he's kind of been ingrained in that Michigan Ohio state ride for a long time. So it's, it's something still gnawing at Ohio state. They, they, they were in the unique spot last year of still getting into the playoff and potentially playing for a national championship, even despite losing to Michigan. So that was kind of an anomaly there, but um, it's still on the top of their mind. It's still something that they're focusing on. Same with Michigan. I mean, they they talked about it quite a bit. It's been a, a feather in their cap for a long time now, and um, you know it, it's still it's still raging hot. Obviously, it's not. And, and I think the the talk and the the pressure is coming from a different side now. And you know, Michigan, in a way, is, is flipped the rivalry. We'll see if they can keep it going. Um, but it's it's certainly it's. You know, in talking to some, you know, college football analysts at Big Ten Media Days for Fox and NBC and ESPN and the like, they all were kind of, um, you know, a lot in lockstep and saying this is a good thing that the fact that both teams are competitive, that both teams are near the top of the college football mountain makes this rivalry even better. 
And yes, I mean, speaking of rivalries, there was a lot of Michigan MSU rivalry talk too. And I mean, the game is set for a, a night game this year in East Lansing, which could uh, create another element of uh, of the rivalry, especially considering what happened last year. Um, I mean, how prevalent was was that rivalry talk in at, at this year's media days? Yeah, it was brought up quite a bit. I know Mel Tucker was asked about it. You know, in fact, I think the question was posed to him if he thought maybe they should take a break from the rivalry just based on everything that's gone on the last couple of years, everything else. And he, he was very defiant in saying, no, you know, that's obviously their biggest game on the schedule every year. It's something he hears about nonstop. Um, I still think that the Michigan state program is probably upset with the way things went down in, in Ann Arbor last, last October. Um, and, you know, he was asked about the, the heated um, exchanges and just the heated nature of it. And, you know, he, he, you know, he kind of dismissed himself, excused himself from everything. You know, he, he, and he asked, you know, as a, a response to the reporter, you know, he said, I don't know how you rein this thing in. I don't think it's possible just based on the emotions flying and everything else. Um, Jim Harbaugh was asked about the rivalry the next day on Thursday. And he says that, you know, his goal remains to be, have a mutual respect for both programs. He says his Michigan program has, res has respect for Michigan State. Um, he wants good competition and he feels like he's gotten that the last couple of years. Um, you know, and he, he was asked to follow up if he feels like Michigan state reciprocates. And he says he doesn't, he's not in a position to know that. <laughs> um, he says he hadn't spoken to Mel Tucker since the incident. So you can tell tensions are still high. Um, you hope that doesn't boil over next year. Again, as you said, as of right now, that game is scheduled to be a night game. I'm barring anything, any changes. Um, and you know, you, you wonder, how the seasons are going to be going for both teams and how much that game matters. Uh, but nonetheless, I mean, I, I got to think what happened in October is going to be on top of mind for everyone going into that, that game. Most definitely. Most definitely. And yeah, I mean, it wasn't just hardball for Michigan that spoke. I think it was what Blake Corum, Mike Sandra still and, and Rod Moore. Was it Chris Jenkins? Oh, Chris Jenkins. Yeah. Chris Jenkins. Chris Jenkins. Yeah. Any, uh, any, do they say anything noteworthy newsworthy uh, over the last couple of days? Yeah, I mean, they were they were asked the, the gamut of questions about the offense. Blake feels like he's close to 100%, something we've obviously previously reported on live. Um, you know, they I, I thought it was interesting. We've heard this narrative this offseason from Michigan, especially Michigan players, about this season being championship, national championship or bust. It was something I think Blake Corum kind of first brought out back in January. Uh, he doubled down on it uh, on, on Thursday. He basically said, yeah, that's my kind of um, – uh, you know, my philosophy, my, my, you know, idea going into this year, some of his teammates didn't necessarily jump on board with that. Mike Sandra still, um, you know, he, he said, yes, national championship is the goal, but that's not, it's not going to def necessarily define the, the season that they have. Chris Jenkins wouldn't go that far either. And, and then Jim Harbaugh was even asked about it. And he, he kind of took issue with the bust idea. You know, he says, yes, obviously again, national championship is a goal, but I, I don't think they want to box themselves into that. So it's, in a way, it was kind of mixed messaging. Uh, all three guys were clearly in belief that this is a, probably the best team that they've played on. There's a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. Um, I asked Chris Jenkins about the defense, and uh, you know, last year it was kind of propped up as this no-star scheme. Guys, where the situation where there isn't an Aiden Hutchinson, there isn't maybe a, a superstar on that side of the ball, and they they think that's going to be the case again this year. They're not trying to um, you know put up put on a pedestal one or two guys. It's going to be several guys. Um, and Jim Harbaugh kind of endorsed that. You know, he said competitions continue to rage at defensive end. He's got four guys that he believes can start on the edge. Um, they've got uh, ongoing competitions right now at center and at tackle. 
Uh, so a lot of situations where I think are going to be played out in, in camp and even suggested maybe these some of these positions rage into the season just kind of like they did at quarterback uh, last year between Matt McCarthy and uh, Kate McNamara. Gotcha. And so for that that starting uh, second starting cornerback spot, I mean, do you think there's a chance that Sandra still talk much about being an outside corner this year at all? Or is he still probably penciled in as a nickel and then there's and then some other guys battling for that that other corner outside corner spot? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you asked that because I actually asked Sandra still about it. And he and Jim Harbaugh suggested that he could start on the outside a corner. Uh, Mike said he spent more time this spring practicing at that traditional corner spot than he did last year when he was tradition was pretty much all at, at nickel. Uh, so there is a working plan there to ha- to put him at, at corner if they need to. I think if you're asking Michigan, they probably wouldn't prefer that. They would like a more traditional guy on the outside, but it's still to be determined. Um, you know, Amorian Walker is still in the mix as as we you know wrote about in the spring. Jane McBurls is there. Um, Michigan recently added a corner from from UMass and Josh Wallace, who did not practice with the team in the spring. He just came in like a month ago, so he's still getting getting to know things. But I will say this, and we'll have a story probably next week uh, on him because I spoke to him at length this week. Actually, he's been leaning on Mike Sanders still quite a bit, just in terms of learning the playbook, um, learning Michigan, and everything else. He's been in his back pocket, so I think Josh Wallace will be in the mix there for the starting job as well. So uh, a lot of unknowns. Uh, Sanders still moving to the outside is certainly a possibility. And I think would probably be their emergency move right now. But at least right now, currently, once they start camp, they're going to try and find a definitive quarterback. It's pretty wild. What camp starts August 1st now, just a couple days away. Like football season is almost upon us. It always creeps up. Like you, this, yeah. you have the summer, it, it's, it's nice and relaxing, and then boom, football's here. And Big Ten Mini Days are kind of the unofficial start. It's football. We're talking football. We're learning about these teams. And, uh, yeah, like you said, next week, players report a Tuesday. First practice is Wednesday. Sounds good. Any Anything else you would like to add about the Big Ten or Michigan football before we wrap up today? Yeah, I guess I'll follow up on my, my comment earlier about potentially picking Penn State over Ohio State. And, I, and I, I kind of feel a little bit more stronger about that after media days. And I'll say and I'll say it because why. Oh. We all know about the unknown at quarterback. Ohio State has the competition there. I think some of us think it's going to be Kyle McCourt. But um, Ryan Day, didn't, he wasn't definitive on that. But not only that, but I didn't realize, and, and, Ohio, and Ryan Day was talking about this uh, the other day in Indianapolis, but – they're very young and inexperienced along the offensive line. So I, I think where some folks just assume because Ohio State has Marvin Harrison at receiver, by far the best receiver in the Big Ten, probably in the country, uh, that, that he was kind of going to bail out maybe some of the quarterback issues maybe early on here and experience whatever you want to call it. But the fact that Ohio State is concerned about their offensive line and how it's going to hold up protection-wise and everything else – Makes me wonder how if they might struggle offensively early on. Now, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to say it's going to happen all season all season long because they're just too good and I think too loaded to to um, to do that. But I, I don't think I don't think the Ohio, the offensive line is is a is a is a penciled in yet. So uh, I I wouldn't surprise me if it takes some time for Ohio State to get going this year. I don't know if that means it results in a loss or some upset early early in Big Ten play, but. I don't think they're, especially offensively, I don't think they're as, as loaded as maybe they have been in years past. So I, I'm curious to see how things play out there with them. Well, I mean, they do have Notre Dame week four, so that will be uh, quite the tune-up for them. I mean, so it's kind of weird. Their week four game is not a big uh, conference game, but they do open against Indiana. So I mean, they could be 1-0. Uh, I mean, I, I mean Indiana's 
not expected to do much this year too. So um, they'll have a little bit of a tougher non-conference schedule than than Michigan, especially with that Notre Dame game. But man, it's it's hard to see like just I mean Penn State just disappoints it seems like every year and. I don't know. Yeah, you, you do have that quarterback concern, but you have the best receiver in the country. Um, you have a, a really solid running back. Um, and yeah, like the, even out, outside of Marvin Harrison, you still got other receivers that are top notch. Um, I don't know. They, I still think they had the talent and that Penn they play Penn State at home, if I'm not mistaken, too. Yes, at Ohio Stadium. So um, that I think that could be a. a a big factor in, in at least that matchup. But yeah, I mean, though it's, it's probably going to come down to Michigan, Penn state and Ohio state this year. And uh, who knows, maybe they'll all beat up on each other and it could be a tiebreaker scenario. That'd be pretty, pretty exciting and interesting as well. Yeah. Don't forget Michigan has to go to happy Valley. And I, I think that could be a roadblock for them this year. You know, I, I put that game up there with the Ohio state game at the end of the year in terms of just like, you know, difficulty, you know, it's, Michigan's done very well against Penn State under Jim Harbaugh, but they they have so much trouble going to Happy Valley, especially those night games. And I don't think this is gonna this isn't gonna be it. Yeah. No, it's a right. noon game, which is stupid. Like that's such an awesome opportunity to be the whiteout game too. And I know you've got to cover a game there during the whiteout. And the last time we were both there for, for a noon game, like Penn State was kind of already out of it. And it just it wasn't the same atmosphere. But like you said, if 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 both teams have a lot at stake, it probably won't matter when uh, when the game is played. It will be uh, uh, pretty quite the atmosphere. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's always fun going there. And in fact, you know, I mentioned the the preseason media poll, Beaver Stadium, Penn State's facility. It was bet, was voted by the media as the best road environment in the Big Ten. And there's I don't think there's any doubt about it. Like you said, when Penn State is good and the stakes are high, uh, there isn't a better place to watch a college football game. And I've said that before to some some friends. Good deal. Well, yeah, great, great work all week, and yeah, with with camp kicking off next week, we'll, we have some uh, we'll have some recruiting news by the time we uh, um, we do our next podcast next week. So yeah, it's things are ramping up, and we'll have you covered um, throughout the the preseason heading into the season. Thanks for listening. <laughs>